Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading from Luke 18. Maybe see it. In the name of Jesus. Jesus tells the parable of Mrs. Wailing Widow with the goal that people pray. And not lose heart when everything is falling apart. So are you losing heart. You heard how the uh, parable begins in our gospel reading. Dr. Luke the Evangelist comes out swinging. He gives the point to the parable. That is unexpected. Not the norm for any parable that Jesus tells. Luke 18, 1, and Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Now, there is no ought here in the Greek. It's a must, a must, a must. And the must pray is topped off with do not lose heart. Jesus knows how we tick. He knows exactly how we roll, doesn't he? When everything is falling apart, well, it's easy to lose heart. So let me ask again. Are you losing heart? Show of hands, show of hands. <laughs> Any takers? Many reasons to lose heart when everything is falling apart. I know it's easy to wear this mask around that has a smiley face on it. But all of us have in our back pockets reasons for why we are disappointed, dissatisfied, disheartened. What's on your list? What's on my list? Putin's fig finger on the nuke trigger? Hmm? Politics? More divisive and meaner than ever? Family fight with no end in sight. The price of you fill in the blank sky rocketing, going up, 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 up. Fear of abandonment, rejection. Depression and anxiety not going away easily. Hitting walls, limits. The golden years not so golden. Not getting any better, just weaker, sicker, everything looking bleaker. The death of, death of a loved one, and we are coming undone. When careers fall apart, when lives fall apart, when plans fall apart, when health falls apart, when families fall apart, it looks like the devil is winning, chalking up one victory after another. It appears as though God is callous, cold, distant, uncaring. He just doesn't care. Our prayers don't seem to do a darn thing. And so we shout, and we pout, and we go into this prayer drought. Look at what Mrs. Wailing Widow is up against. 
When everything is falling apart, Mrs. Wailing Widow doesn't lose heart, but cries out day and night with no sign, without any sign in sight that Mr. Crooked Judge is going to make anything right. Listen to her predicament again. Verses 2 and 3. Jesus said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man, and there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. Mrs. Wailing Widow is the littlest of the little. No cash or clout, bottom of the totem pole, without any man in her life. She has no protection, no provision, helpless to the max. Mr. Crooked Judge, on the other hand, holds all the cards. All of them. Top of the food chain, top of the pecking order, power to the max. You can't ask for a bigger contrast, dear friends. You have the opposite ends of society here with Mrs. Wailing Widow and Mr. Crooked Judge. And what does this losing lady want? What does she want? What does she want? Justice. She wants justice. She's been wrong, and now she goes to this bloke, Mr. Crooked Judge, crying out, Man, make it right. Make it right. But this adversary probably bribed the judge, and she can't out-bribe Mr. Adversary. There's only lint in her pocket. But what she can do is pummel him. Pummel him with, his, with, with her make-it-right petition. And that's what she does. She goes to court not, not just once. She goes over and over and over again. And she makes a scene every single time. Everyone sees her. Everyone notices her. She is so annoying. On top of that, she meets this guy almost daily at his car, leaving work. She keeps calling his secretary, leaving message after message. And she just so happens to run into him at his fave restaurant on the weekends. Now, all bets are that this bloke, this man, Mr. Crooked Judge, is going to keep saying N-O-No -no to her make-it-right petition, her make-it-right request. After all, he doesn't care what God thinks. He doesn't care what man thinks. So, for God's sake, for the widow's sake won't work with this man. But, and here's a huge B.U.T. but, but Mr. Crooked Judge caves. He gives in, gives up, gives out. He makes it right. This losing widow wins big. For a while he refused, but afterward... He said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. He cries uncle, taps out. 
Why does Mr. Crooked Judge give this woman what she wants? Why does he make it right? Well, this woman, she, she goes to him with a song in her head. You're so vain, you think this song is about you. Mr. Crooked Judge actually cares about somebody. He cares about the man he sees in the mirror. His reputation actually matters to him. This woman and her persistent pestering worries him. Worries him to the max. He's afraid of getting a black eye from her. And that's what the text says. I know, I know we have in our, in our reading, beat me down. But actually the Greek is literally, give me a black eye. He's afraid of going with his buds on the weekend to that fave restaurant and them asking, oh, how'd you get that shiner? And then he has to say, oh, well, let me tell you, this uh, really weak woman, uh, yeah, she clocked me. <laughs> That's embarrassing. And so he caves. He makes it right. Dear friends, we have more confidence more confidence to cry day and night for our Father in heaven is no fright. He is the caring one, the caring one who in Jesus has begun to make everything right. Everything. Unlike Mr. Crooked Judge, God the Father is just and gracious and ever so merciful. We can bank on his reputation because he is good. And he will fulfill, he will make good on his word. That's what Jesus says in our text. He moves from the lesser to the greater. From Mr. Crooked Judge to God the Father. And the Lord said, hear what the, the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you. He will give justice to them speedily. Speedily? Really? Jesus, come on, man. Uh, what are you talking about? At the end of this chapter, do you know what door Jesus is knocking on? He's knocking on the door of his holy week, his Palm Sunday, his Good Friday, his Easter morning, he's pounding on that door. And that's where God the Father will give justice. It doesn't look like it, though. It doesn't even look like God the Father cares about justice. I mean, Jesus, the sinless one, the sinless Son of God, who is perfect, who did only good, only right, is put through so much wrong. His besties, his best friends, abandon him, run away from him, crying, abort, abort, abort. Stands in front of a kangaroo court, hearing lie about him after lie about him, without any retort. Suffers the complete loss of public support. Endures scourging publicly. A scourging that left his back falling apart. Hands and feet pounded through by the Romans working in concert. 
and lifted up on the cross, what does Jesus do? He pleads for mercy, not mercy for himself, mercy for an unrepentant, unreasonable, undeserving humanity. He cries out to his father, who seems deaf, not caring, only silence. Even though it seems that the father is deaf, he cries out, his make it right, make them right petition. He cries out, Father! Forgive them, for they know not what they do. In other words, Father, Father, release them. Release them from their sins. Their sins that will drag them to hell. Release them, Father. Let them go from the clutches of big bad wolf Satan. Bring them out of death and darkness into your marvelous, your absolutely marvelous light and life. Do this, Father. Welcome them. Welcome them into your family. Welcome them into your kingdom, where everything wrong between you and them made right. Where they are called your beloved, your beloved children, your beloved daughters and sons. Where they get to cry out to you, Abba, Father, and you hear them and you answer them always. Will his prayer be answered? Is Jesus heard? Will there be vindication? No losing heart for Jesus. He keeps trusting that the Father will come through for him. And so he cries out to this silent Father, this Father who seems distant, aloof, cold, callous, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. His prayer heard. Justice to our sins served. Vindication observed. The tomb empty. On Easter morning, the Father reaches down and he, and he takes hold of Jesus' hand, his son's hand, and he brings him out of the grave. He raises him from the dead. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen. Alleluia. His sacrifice embraced by the Father, totally accepted. All that is wrong between us and God, made right. We're forgiven. We can count on it. Why? You heard it earlier from the lips of our children. God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. Say it with me. God's own child, I gladly say it. I am baptized into Christ. We are his chosen people. Named and claimed. His treasured possession. He handpicked us at the font, and he will never, ever unhandpick us. If vindication was given to Jesus, vindication will also come to you and to me.
And so we keep praying. We keep praying. That's what faith does. Faith keeps talking with the Father, crying out to Him, even when, especially when, things are falling apart, when nothing seems to make sense, when it appears as though He doesn't care, that He's distant, aloof, cold, callous. We keep praying because we know our Father in Heaven will eventually make everything wrong in this world R-I-G-H-T right. And so let's be a congregation of Mrs. Wailing Widows. Let's be that congregation. A congregation just filled with Mrs. Wailing Widows. After all, the Father is looking for Mrs. Wailing Widows who pray. Who pray when everything is falling apart, trusting that his delay enlarges the heart to be given more and more and more from his merciful heart. On the last day, will there be any Mrs. Wailing Widows? That is the question Jesus, he asks this question, doesn't he? Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The answer is, 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 look around you. Look around you. There's your answer. Behold a congregation of Mrs. Wailing Widows who pray. Who pray. Now, I'm not going to stand up here and, and say that's easy. It's difficult, isn't it? Waiting for the Father is downright hard. Waiting for him to make right the wrong. Downright difficult. And why? He takes too long. He takes way too long. We're all about instant gratification, right? We want it here and now. That is the American way. But that's not God's way. You heard the OT Old Testament reading, right? Genesis 32, 24. And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. As we find out, Jacob isn't just wrestling a man. He is wrestling God. He's wrestling God. And he won't let go of God until God does what? Blesses him. He will not let him go until God blesses him. And God does. But it cost Jacob an L-I-M-P limp. It cost him a limp. Every step he took for the rest of his life reminded him that there is no blessing without wrestling. And that's true for you and for me, dear friends. Our God has so much more to give us, but there will be pain. And we need to pay attention to the pain. We do. We need to feel our feelings. We do. We do. These bodies are amazing, but so often we don't listen to them. Knots in the stomach. Tightness in the chest. Tension in the back. We are really good at avoiding pain. Minimizing pain. Explaining away the pain. 
rationalizing the pain, distracting ourselves from the pain with all sorts of things, porn, drugs, busyness, you know, just hectic life. But by avoiding the pain, we actually avoid our God who wants to give us more and more and more and more. Our God uses pain not to shrink our hearts, but to enlarge our hearts, to fill them with the more. So when everything is falling apart, let's pull a Mrs. Wailing Widow. Let's pray. Let's pray. I mean, you bring, bring, bring all to your Father in heaven. You know, your anger, your grief, your ugly, your bad, your disappointments, your regrets. That bundle of emotions, bring it all to him. You can't surprise him. He knows what you're going through better than you do. So take that mask with that smiley face and you just throw it away. Let's be a congregation that stops wearing masks, okay? Be real with your God. He understands. He gets it. Can't surprise him. So bring everything. Bring it all into the light of his presence. Now, this won't be a one-time prayer. Not at all. Lots of wailing and waiting. And the waiting is hard. That is the hardest, I think. Because we don't know what God is up to. We don't know where God is leading us. We don't know when the waiting is even going to end. We're helpless, just like Mrs. Wailing Widow. Totally helpless. Beggars. We were thrust upon God the Father in total dependence. But our waiting isn't done in vain. Mrs. Wailing Widow had no promise from Mr. Crooked Judge that he would even help her. But we have a promise. We have a promise from our Judge, our God, our Father. And you heard the promise. Verse 7. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Our Father will make all that's wrong right. But the right, the right, isn't necessarily what we expect. See, we're really good at having these expectations for God that are teeny, tiny, puny, so small, so small. During the waiting and wailing, our God is taking his scalpel and he's cutting out of our hearts all of those teeny, tiny, puny, small expectations. And it hurts like hell. It does. It hurts. It hurts. It's a death to what we want. But it's necessary because what matters isn't my will be done, but thy will be done. And what God wills for us is way better. Way better than we could ever imagine or hope for or deserve or want or ask for. 
I know in the waiting, it seems like God isn't caring for you and for me. But it's there in the waiting that God the Father is enlarging your heart and mind. Making your heart bigger than ever. To receive more than ever. From Him. From His merciful heart. His merciful heart to your heart. His merciful heart to my heart. And so we keep on praying, dear friends, even when we don't understand what's going on. Especially when we don't understand what's going on. Because we know where all of this is going. We know that God the Father will make everything right. He knows what's best for us. Every step of the way home. So let's not lose heart in the waiting. But rather, let's cry out. Let's cry out like Mrs. Wailing Widow. Day and night. Cry out to our Father in heaven. For he will make everything wrong in this world right. And it will be a glorious, beautiful, amazing sight. Won't you pray with me? Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.